I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life-Changing Wellness, episode number 85. Today, we talk about finding faith in the face of fear. It's time for another life-changing episode. This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. Life-Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. Welcome everyone to the show, or I should say this episode this week. And before we begin, please head over to iTunes uh, after the interview with my guest today, rate and review the show for me. And I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. And I encourage you to look up my show page on radiomd.com slash Dr. Bond. Today, my guest is Jacqueline Vieira Iloff, the author of What If You Could Find Faith in the Face of Fear? Her book inspires people to turn away from fear-based thinking to live a life full of joy as she shares valuable wisdom and insight to help them. She's going to help us discover the authority and power of faith, destroy thoughts that attract what you fear, find freedom, joy, and comfort through faith. Well, Jacqueline Vieira Iloff has worked as a film producer and consultant on numerous projects in the entertainment industry, including this year's 2019 History Channel's Jesus, His Life, and the 2018 film Walking with Herb, and she is Senior Advisor at Joel Osteen Ministries and an ordained minister at Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas, and serves on the Elizabeth Dole Foundation Faith Council and is a ministry media liaison to several entertainment leaders. Let's welcome our esteemed guest today, Jacqueline Vieira Iloff. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Bond. What a treat. I just, uh, I, you know, I follow you. I adore watching uh, your wisdom and, and listening to the good things that you put out there. So I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to be on. Thank you. Well, I think this is a great subject. Uh, your book, I'm sure, has been inspiring many. And I, and I love talking about faith and, and helping people to overcome. So with the title of your book, what does it mean to have faith in the face of fear? Well, you know, God wants us to live our life according to his plan. And the only way that we can do that is through faith. And faith is such a powerful tool. It's it's not just about believing like you believe in the tooth fairy or or wishing like you do on a birthday cake. Faith is a strong muscle that you have to work out every day. And um, and you do that by getting in the Word of God and believing what He says about you and the promises that are in the Bible. Faith is such a powerful tool that it says in the Bible we can move mountains. And, you know, every day we face mountains in our lives. So the only way to address them and overcome them is to seek God about what, how it is that we should address those mountains. And, and I believe that with faith, um, you can do everything, but you can't sit in fear and believe in faith. Those two things are um, opposite of each other. You have to leave the fear behind. You have to say, okay, I'm not going to worry about what I see. I'm going to believe in what God has told me is possible. Well, let me ask you this question, because I have a lot of listeners, and, and you know, I don't know if it's 50-50, 70-30, but I'm going to say that there's going to be believers, and there are non-believers. And how do you speak to one or the other, or both, when it comes to explaining to them 
about faith. You know, with believers, it's kind of easy. You know, we need they need to read the, the Bible more. They need to stand on it. They need right. to trust it. But how do you tell an unbeliever to have faith if they are dealing with, let's say, numerous worries in their life? Well, it says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In other words, it's the fundamental truth of our existence. You know, even if you don't believe in God, you have to believe in yourself um, to be able to accomplish everything that you have set a goal to accomplish. But it's with God that you can find that that overcoming faith, that that ability to to stretch yourself beyond what you can see and touch and feel. Um, it's it's just such an essential. I don't know, sensibility, such a such an essential component of who we are as God's creation. You have to have faith. And with faith comes the ability to manifest the things that God said you can manifest. And it's countless. I mean, if you really delve into the Bible and read about what God says you can do, it's, a, it's an amazing array of things that you're qualified to do as his creation. You know, I completely agree. And for a lot of people out there, you know, some people treat, you know, we, you and I know that we treat the Bible as the manual of life. Others who may have never read it should probably just sit to read it as a book and let the words speak to them. But I want to ask you a question. What keeps people from having the kind of power you suggest that faith allows? Is it fear that holds most people back? Yes, definitely. I think fear, um, you know, everybody has one fear or another. There's two innate fears that we're born with, and those are the fear of falling and um, and uh, and uh, the fear of loud noises. And other than that, everything else is a learned fear. You know, we, we're, we're told, don't touch a hot stove. Well, we were, learned very quickly why that is not a good idea. If you get up to something that's really hot, you know, you're going to burn yourself. Uh, so you don't, you don't ever do that more than once. If you, if you're not wise enough to listen to your parents, you know, we <laughs> we're, we're told, um, we're, we're just constantly, uh, cautioned against things. And while some of that is wise, some of that gets internalized into, uh, paralyzing you from, from being able to go forward, if you don't think you're capable, if if the tapes in your head, uh, by well-meaning parents or or not well-meaning, uh, you know, friends and associates, um, or frenemies as they call them today, uh, play those those things in your head and you keep replaying them as truth, then you're going to be bound by the fear that you can't accomplish what you're supposed to accomplish. Um, but you have to take a hold of those strongholds. You have to cast the enemy out and say, no, no, I'm not going to listen to the things that I can't do. I'm going to look and, and uh, focus on the things that I can do. And those things will come to pass because I believe in them. And God has told me that he will give me the desires of my heart if I believe and pray on and, and stand on his word. So we have a promise from God that we can accomplish great things. But we can't listen to the enemy. We can't take hold of, you know, of a candle and burn it at both ends. You've got to decide which side of the candle 
you're going to hold up and use as a light to guide your path. Well, how do we destroy the thoughts that attract what we fear? Because to me, it takes as much energy to believe as it does to not to believe or to allow fear to overcome us. And we have a choice. So how do we destroy those right. thoughts that attract what we fear? Well, uh, in, you know, in Second Corinthians, it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for bullying pulling down strongholds. So we have to turn to God to help us with those strongholds. But but it's about affirming your faith. It's it's um, feeding yourself with positive words, training your mind to think differently. I mean, if you believe in fear, you're, you have as much faith in fear as you should have in God. So you have to start thinking differently. You have to speak with power and purpose about what you believe God will provide for you and through you. And, and really... Um, kind of turn away from the defeatist mentality and turn to a winning mentality. You know, every every athlete that has won a gold medal has had to conquer the fear of not winning. He has to see himself winning. He has to see himself positioning his body or her body in just the perfect way to accomplish that perfect score. So just like them, we have to take hold of what we believe we want and desire and see it coming to pass according to God's plan for our lives. Well, yeah, it's, I believe it says in uh, Mark eleven twenty four that as we pray to and for what we ask for, to believe that we receive it and we shall have it. So it's, it's like taking possession yeah, before we actually touch it and feel it. And that's where that's what true faith really is uh, for a lot of people out there. I think we live in a society now where fear is probably the, the number one stronghold that is holding so many people back from the desires of their heart, from provision, from moving forward. And, you know, I know that, you know, the Bible tells us not to worry to bring all of our requests and prayers to the Lord and to have peace that passes all understanding. Jacqueline, how do you tell someone just to stop worrying and to start trusting? Well, you, you have to take one step at a time. Trust God for a little thing. And when it comes to pass, be grateful and thankful that he, he brought it to pass. And then, you know, it's like, it's like I was saying, you have to develop that muscle. You have to Look to God every day and in every way. When when things come against you, you can't just give in to that emotion and say, "Okay, God, oh, it's just me. What did I do wrong?" You you've got to step up and say, "Okay, God, even though this doesn't look good in the natural, I believe that you will turn it around for my good." Because He says, "All things work together for your good," and I have seen that manifest in my life and in uh, in others' lives repeatedly, where Something didn't look like it was going to come together, and all of a sudden, the the threads that he brings into the picture create this amazing tapestry that you would have never been able to do on your own because you didn't even know that those threads existed. But here he's brought all these things together because you had a certain desire. You had a seed that you planted and said, okay, God, I'm going to water this seed with my faith, and I'm going to believe that you're going to um, deliver this to me. And it may not be an immediate manifestation. Uh, you know, it may take a while because all things have to be worked together. But eventually you'll see that fruit 
And uh, if it's good fruit, you know you've planted good seeds. So I, I love that. And I want to ask you something because uh, with your book, was there a personal story behind your desire to write this book? Was there a, a personal fear that you needed to overcome that uh, maybe put uh, the book in motion? No, I found it more, um, not so much a fear. I, I'm I'm not a very fearful person. I try not to worry about things very much because I find that worrying doesn't change anything. Yeah. Um, but I found, but I found that in my life, I've always asked, "What if you could? What if? What if any? What if it didn't matter how much it cost? What if it didn't matter what the consequences were? What if it didn't matter?" Uh, you know, how you got there. What could you do if you wanted to do something for God? And in my life, um, when I first moved here, um, I had two little girls. Um, I, I I met my husband in Washington and we moved here um, when my daughter was uh, a year old, my first daughter. And then um, around the time 9-11 happened, um, I was watching uh, the news and there was this little girl who had Wounds that weren't mortally fatal, but because of the lack of medical uh, uh, things to take care of her, there was no medicine, there was no bandaging. She was in danger of losing her life as a result of the of the uh, illnesses that could uh, she could uh, have because of the, her wounds. And so, I you know I, I I was so touched by that because. My daughters were were very small, and I could relate to a, a parent's uh, you know desire to take care of their child. And so I prayed, God, please take care of that child and all the children who are are victims of this war. You know, please do something for them. And I I kind of just left it there, and I was my heart was really stricken. And as I walked out of the room, he said, Well, what are you going to do about it? And I was like. <laughs> what am I going to do about it? I'm, I'm in Houston, Texas, with two small children. I, there's nothing I can do for that child in Iraq. And uh, he said, "Yes, you can. I've given you everything you need to get uh, what what she needs to her." And I thought about it for a minute, and I said, "You know what? He's right. I'm, you know, you're right, God." And I sat down at my desk, and I went through my Rolodex, and I started talking to people that I knew here in Houston, and one led to the next, and the next. And um, then I I got the materials that um, the the medical materials that we were going to send over to Iraq. I, I got a container full of medical equipment and uh, and medicine, and then I needed somebody to deliver it to. And lo and behold, I started talking to my friends that I had left in Washington, and they connected me to people. And if you know about Washington, when you call Washington bureaucracy, you usually get a phone. And a bunch of buttons that you need to push, and they'll lead you eventually to a voicemail. And you never talk to anybody. Well, that was not the case. Um, one person after the next answered their phone at USAID, at the State Department, even in a different time zone at the port of Kuwait where the medical uh, supplies were going to be delivered so that they could be taken into Iraq. It was a miraculous opportunity that God that before me and allowed me to to implement. It was just, it was so amazing. And I thought, gosh, what if more people really believed that God could do all that you, you're called to do in your life? And that's kind of where that 
started? What if you could? And then as I um, I, I teach here at the, at the church, uh, especially in the women's ministry, uh, I started hearing about people and their fears. And I thought, well, what if you didn't have any fear? So that was kind of the emphasis for, for this book. And um, it was so amazing. God had God had birthed a desire for me to write a book, and um, and when I finally got, and that's a whole story in and of itself. We'll, we'll have to take care of that another time. <laughs> there you go. But, um, but uh, he uh, he gave me the opportunity to write this book, and I he downloaded it. It was it was a spiritual download. I wrote it in ninety days. It was am- amazing, uh, and the revelations that he gave me were so inspiring. And um, you know, now when I when I do book signings or I, I go and speak and I have an opportunity to share within this book, I always get such an incredible feedback from people. Um, even even uh, someone like Elizabeth Dole, who is a, a dear friend and a mentor, and I just loved working for her. Um, when she read the book, she called me. She says, "I have it on my nightstand. I I read it for the inspirational um, passages every night." I thought, wow, you know, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that somebody like Elizabeth Dole would be reading my book and taking those words to heart. But see, God is no respecter of persons. He uses anyone who is willing to serve to get his message out and to tell people how wonderful it is to be in his in his world and, and to live according to his word. See, that's beautiful. And, you know, I'm thinking back to when you said... When God goes, so what are you going to do about it? It's almost like when, <laughs> when God tells us things like that, he's daring us, but he wants us to turn towards him and say, okay, I'll take you up on that dare, meaning you're going to be the power that brings this to pass. And in yeah. a way, I think we need to be not fearful. Sometimes I almost think we need to to laugh about it sometimes because— we have to realize that how big he is. But at the same time, you know, just like you said, you made phone calls and, and to call Washington, it's going to be one voicemail after another. It's going to be buttons to push and to never talk to a live person. But when God dares us to trust him, he is going to part the Red Sea. He's going to knock the walls of Jericho down. He's going to knock down Goliath and he is going to make sure everything is in line with what he's suggested to you to do, and in some cases, uh, you know, tell you to obey him to do, but he is there the whole way. And and I think if we believe like that and understand that, we're not going to have those fears that a lot of people have, and your book is a perfect example. Even your story is a perfect example of that for all of us to learn from. And I find that, I find that extremely inspiring and enlightening that we don't need to be walking through life with fear, with worry. We just need to put our hope, our trust, and our faith in the right area. Right. And and it's not that things aren't going to come against us. I mean, you know, parents get ill, um, you know, finances uh, can become troublesome. But if you turn towards God and and embrace what He has for you, then you can come out on the other end with a peace and an understanding that uh, surpasses all all that we could understand in the natural. Um, you know, there is a time and a season for everything. 
and uh, as much as we would all like to live forever, we all have a, a, a stretch of time here on Earth, and it's not what we're doing here on Earth. It's what we're doing here for the kingdom, and our life is an eternal life. It's it's about creating the the heart and soul and the mind to be able to live in that eternity with God. And the more that we can understand it on this side, the the easier this side will be for us. But uh, you know, heaven is is such an amazing place. And there's there's a book there that I want to write about where we go to live when we die, uh, because it's it's so much more real than anything that we have here. And sometimes, you know, we, we get caught up in, in our own grief and our own worry. But that's not to say that that it's uh, that it's okay. You know, we can be sad that we're not going to see our loved ones, but we can't dwell in that grief and let it paralyze us. We have to move on and say, you know, they're in a better place, and they would want us to live a, a good life while we're here and not stuck somewhere, in, you know, in a grief process. Uh, grief is for a season. And and then we have to move on and and know and understand what a wonderful place that they have gone to, and it's not for us to grieve for them. It's it's our, it's about our own um, separation from the eternal that we're really grieving. And if we can understand that we will too be there someday, then we can get past that and get into the fullness and the, and the joy of uh, of what this life has for us. I I completely agree. Now tell us about the various roles that you have as an author, a, produ- a, a television, a film producer, media advisor, and even an advocate for women's issues. Sounds like you're really busy. I am, and I, but I, you know, I love every minute of it. It all works together so seamlessly. Um, I am privileged to be in one of the largest, most influential ministries in the country, if not the world. And because of that, I have, uh, I have the ability to walk through doors perhaps I would not have ordinarily walked through, um, although I've been very privileged in my life uh, in that regard. I, I didn't come from a wealthy family, but I came from a family that um, believed that, you know, you were, you're called to do great things. And so I, I tried to step up to that. And um, and in that regard, um, I've just been able to, to be an influencer on women's issues. I'm, I'm a firm believer that God made male and female and like I said, he's no respecter of persons, so therefore uh, a woman's place is anywhere she wants to be, and a man's place is anywhere he wants to be, as long as they can, um, they have the, the wherewithal and the talent and the and the uh, resources to get where they want to go. And sometimes those resources are uh, the favor and, and grace of other people and, and, and our Lord Jesus. Um, but I've, I'm now... Uh, in a position where I just became a producer on an incredible History Channel uh, project that just aired uh, recently. It was called Jesus, His Life, and uh, Joel Osteen was the executive producer, along with uh, Donald Iloff, my husband. And so the three of us were uh, were just really excited about this opportunity to bring such great Christian entertainment and, and the Word of God wrapped up in a, in, a, in a very palatable story about 
the life and times of, of Jesus Christ. Um, it was it was just such a privilege to work with the History Channel. They're an amazing organization. A and E is the parent company, and they're just fantastic to work with. And um, a, a friend of mine called me on a movie and said, "We need a, a consultant to to make sure that we're, you know, doing this the right way and we're saying the right words and uh, saying the right prayers." And I said, "Oh, sure, I'd be glad to." And uh, they, uh, funny enough, they needed somebody to do the opening funeral scene. And so they asked if I could do it. And I was like, <laughs> no, you really don't want me. I'm not an actor. And they said, oh, yeah, 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 it'll be easy. It'll be easy. And it was the most fun experience. They, they finally convinced me to do it. And it was oh, the most funny. fun experience. But, uh, but you know, God, God, will, God will take you into the most, he has quite a sense of humor. And he'll take you into the most amazing places if you just are willing to serve. And um, and now I've uh, I'm working on several other films that have uh, inspiration and faith at the core of their stories, um, and they're it's just it's an amazing opportunity that God has given me to work with some of the top executives in Hollywood, um, and Hollywood is very very excited about presenting really great inspirational films. Um, you know, we have a lot of believers in Hollywood, and, and they haven't been doing religious movies. They've been doing secular movies. But now with the with the advent of films like I Can Only Imagine and uh, and uh, Breakthrough, which is Devon Franklin's new film, and, um, and some of the others that have been out last year, Hollywood is really understanding that there's a big market. And uh, one of the one of the privileges that I have here at Lakewood is doing movie night. And most films come out in preview to test the audiences. Well, we have become one of those audience. Oh, uh, that's great. That is great. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So movie night once a month, we preview first run theatrical releases and we let the, the Hollywood know what kind of an audience they can expect. And uh, Hollywood has paid attention. I mean, Universal, Paramount, Lionsgate, those are top, top studios that put out millions and millions of dollars worth of films. And they are talking to us and saying, would you preview this film and let us know what you think of it? And, uh, you know, God, God just does what he needs to do. And if you're there and if you're standing at attention and saying, what next Lord, he will use you and put you in places, you know, it's, it's like the Dr. Seuss book. Oh, the places you'll go. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I want to ask you something real quick about the, uh, the film, uh, or the documentary, uh, Jesus, his life. I understand that it's told from a different perspective. It's, it's, what did y'all do? Pick character? I mean, I don't want to say characters. Uh, disciples so took, of Jesus? We, or how'd you, how'd you do this? Yeah, they they took um, different characters in Jesus' life, different persons, different people in Jesus' life. Mother, His mother Mary, Joseph, uh, Caiaphas, John the Baptist, Judas, Peter, Mary Magdalene, um, and, uh, and took their perspective and said, this is the Jesus that I know. So each one kind of tells a slightly different perspective uh, about who they knew Jesus to be in their lives. And um, and so we as executive producers um, 
spoke into the perspective that today's Christian can take on the everyday lives of those ancient people. Um, even though it was 2,000 years ago, their stories, um, their trials, their tribulations still resonate and, and and are manifested in our own lives today. So what did God say? What did Jesus say to those individuals? You know, his his whole story was forgiveness, mercy, kindness, love, forgiveness, um, and and we can we can stand on those truths even today. God is not looking to kick us out of heaven. He's looking for every way to bring us in to his eternal creation. I mean, he loves us. He created us in his own image, and he wants us to succeed. So when he came to earth as man, he understood the the constraints that were um, that were part of our everyday lives. And because of that, he had such compassion for us that he forgave us and said, okay, because of me and my sacrifice, you'll be able to live in eternity with me rather than being condemned as we had been by the original sin. I, I love that, uh, Jacqueline, because uh, it is my hope that people do not— um, I don't want people to believe that God stands over us with a hammer and want to knock us upside the head, but to be a loving God that desires to prosper us, to bless us, to draw us closer to Him, and to have that relationship that we need to have and that we desire to have and that we should desire to have. So I want to thank you, Jacqueline, for being on the show today. And where can everybody buy What If You Could Find Faith in the Face of Fear? It's on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble, and um, you can find out more information on uh, JacquelineVieraIloff.com. But uh, any Amazon will carry it, and um, and you can see reviews on it and all kinds of good stuff, all the, all the um, testimonies that have come from it, which I'm very proud of, uh, because God really did use this book to, to bless people, and I'm so, I'm so thankful that he called me to do it. Well, and thank I you want... so much for having me. It's been a oh. pleasure. Well, it has been a, it has been my honor and pleasure, and you are welcome back anytime on this show. And ladies and gentlemen, please go to Amazon, buy a Jacqueline Vieira Iloff's book, What If You Could Find Faith in the Face of Fear. It's time to move forward. It's time to move upward with faith and just watch your life change one day at a time. So, ladies and gentlemen, remember to catch every episode of Life-Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on my show page at RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. And if I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds, rate the show on iTunes. I want to thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. And now you can download our show on Spotify. Just look up Dr. Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. And you can learn more about me at DrWardBond.com. And again... Thank you for listening to Life Changing Wellness. I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. Have a blessed day, everyone.